Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv. And we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. All right, good to see everybody. How we doing? Good to see y'all. You look great. You look great. All campuses, Alvin, Webster, friends with 288, everybody watching on our online campus. I am Pastor Carr. I am so thankful you've joined us today at church. Good to be in church today. Um, Does anybody else feel like um, the summer took 17 years and then the fall holidays is just flying? But before we know it, it'll be July 4th again. We'll all be sweating. And, uh, but for now, long sleeve. Got to embrace it. Got like two weeks a year we can wear it, so I got to wear it. Um, but man, I know we, got, um, we have Thanksgiving coming up this week, and so I'm praying for your families um, that you can safely gather or maybe do it virtually, uh, whatever that will look like. Uh, I'm praying for you in this time. And uh, I just also want to encourage you during this is to take a moment and just remind ourselves what we're thankful for. Right, that's kind of what Thanksgiving is all about. And I know me personally, we got the hustle. We got to cook and do this and do that. And sometimes we just forget to just take a moment and say, man, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings in my life. Because no matter how crazy 2020 has been, God has blessed you. He has. And sometimes we just got to remind ourselves of the goodness of God and what he has done in our lives. Amen? So I'll go first. That's how good. I'll go first. Some things I'm thankful for. Here's my family. Ignore this part of the, my face is way too big in this photo. So just, uh, when I sent this in, I did not realize I'd have a fathead version of my head on the screen. But uh, that's my wife, Laura, my daughter, Eliza, and my son, Gideon. Uh, This is actually our NHK Fall Delight. Shout out. Anybody go to the NHK Fall Delight? Yeah, it was an awesome time. Uh, I got plenty of candy for myself. Um, And a key word for myself, because they don't need it, so I need to eat it. Um... But we had a great time, and uh, my wife has been awesome. She's an incredible bride, and uh, she's actually worked here longer than I have. And just recently, the Lord put on her heart to step down from her worship position so she could be a stay-at-home mom, full-time mom. So we know that is a full-time job. So I'm thankful for her and excited for what the Lord has. And I'm also just thankful to be a dad. You know, what a blessing. It is such a blessing to be called a dad. Uh, we're teaching Eliza. Uh, how to spend time with Jesus. And so we have her little flip Bible. has little, like, pictures in it. It's kind of nice. I kind of wish ours sometimes had that, like little little flippy things. And uh, teaching her how to pray. And, man, it's humbling. It's humbling. And I'll say this. I, uh, I just pray for my kids. The only thing I want is I just want them to know Jesus. Everything else, I mean, I, sure, I want you to go to college and be successful and do all that. But if you can just love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything else is going to work out. Amen? That's all I want. I just want you to love Jesus. And, and so it is such a privilege, and I feel so inadequate all the time. Uh, but the Lord is gracious. So that's, I'm super thankful for that. Um, another thing I'm thankful for is our church. I'm just thankful for this church, man. I really am. Uh, I'm humbled every time I get to come talk with y'all. I'm, I'm thankful for Tim and Jane and the leadership here at New Hope Church and my job that I get to do, which is hang out with our students and our student team. Let me tell you, <clears throat> if you have a student that's 5th through 12th grade, our student team loves your student. No matter how crazy, puberty-stricken they might be, 
There is a pastor at your campus that loves your student and will do whatever it takes for your student to know Jesus. Because we're crazy at times and do some crazy stuff, but it's all because we want your student to know Jesus. Uh, and I, uh, I love what I get to do, and it's an honor to get to hang out with them. And a shout out to two of our staff, uh, Ingrid and Pastor Colin. They kind of helped me put some legs to the sermon. I'm really thankful for that. But really, it's just humbling for me because... I found Jesus at this church when I was in high school many years ago. And now I get to now do the same thing. And it's just, it's a privilege. And I am so, so thankful for this church. Um, but we've been in a series. Anybody know what it's called? You're very confident. Living by the Spirit. Well done. Living, 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 by, living by the Spirit? I don't remember. <laughs> Living by the Spirit. Be confident in your answer. Yes. Uh, I pray it's been uh, challenging and encouraging for you uh, as we go through the different fruits that we can have in our lives when we live by the Spirit. Our pastors have done an incredible job breaking down Galatians chapter 5. And so I'll bring it up so we can read it as we start off today. Um, now, <clears throat> before we read this, no offense to English teachers, but we're not in English class reading vocabulary words. So I want us all to read this together, but we're going to do it with some energy, a little pep little pep in our, our voice. Because this is what we receive from God. We accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We receive the Holy Spirit. And we get to have these in our lives. We're going to have a little pep. Sound good? Every campus, even at home. If you're watching, you got to do it. All right, ready? Three, two, one. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Well done. You sounded great. Great job. Um, so this is what we receive, right? When we know Jesus, this is, we've been going through each of these each week, is we can receive the fruits of the Spirit uh, from the Holy Spirit. And how do we show these fruits? How do we have them? It shows us in verse 24 and 25. It says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we want to have these fruits in our lives, right? This is what we want to have. And how do we have it? We have to, what's this word, church? Live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. So when we live by the Spirit, we keep in step with the Spirit, we can have these fruits in our lives. And so each week we've been covering a different word as we've been going through it. Does anybody know what word we're on today? Gentleness. Well done. Gold star. Gold star. Um, can I show you the first thing I thought of when I heard the word gentleness? When Tim asked me to teach, this is what I thought of. No joke. Now... There's multiple reasons why I thought of this. Uh, there's a story actually behind this toilet paper, this specific toilet paper. Can I tell you a little story? I'm going to tell you anyways. Um, when I was in college, we were broke. And so we had a suite. They weren't suites, but they shared a bathroom. So they like had a suite mate. And there was just like a room. It was not nice at all. But we shared a room. So there's four of us and we, all, we shared a bathroom. So of course, naturally, you split the cost of toilet paper. And me, personally, I am naturally a frugal person. That's like the positive way to say it. Um, I'm the person that, like, when you're at this grocery store, you're, like, looking at the price per ounce. Anybody do that? Anybody? You're guilty? Yeah. And your spouse is just, can you pick some peanuts already? It's just peanuts. You're like, yeah, but this brand has this and this price. So <clears throat> that's me for everything. And it's, I don't go to the grocery store anymore because I've lost privilege because it takes me way too long. But... Um, I would buy the cheap stuff, like the sandpaper, like half-ply. Like, it's, it's not much of a toilet paper, but it gets the job done. And one time I was like, you know what? I'm going to splurge. Treat yourself. And so I bought this. And not only, not only was it Charmin, it was mega, but it had, uh, it had some lotion on it, which was 
weird. Uh, but after you would wipe, your hands would be all lotiony, which is a strange feeling, and you'd immediately go wash it off. But for that moment, it felt pretty nice. Uh, so I don't know what popped in your head when you first thought of gentle. This is what I thought of. Um, but then when I started thinking about it more, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be gentle, right? I don't know if being uh, described as gentle is something I want to be uh, thought of as. But it, as I thought about it, because it's like, okay, well, what's gentle? It's being weak, soft. You get pushed around, right? You have no backbone. I don't know if I want that. And as I studied the scripture more and thought about it more, I realized that a godly gentleness is different than how we view gentleness in society. And so what I want to do is I want to define gentleness for us. We're going to define it. It's going to sound a little weird. And then, but my prayer is that as we loop back around to it, it's going to start making sense. Okay, so here's how we're going to define gentleness today. Strength submitted to who? God. Godly gentleness doesn't mean you're weak. You're choosing in your strength to submit it to God and to not respond in, in anger and frustration and bitterness, right? All the things that we want to do, you submit it to God in strength, and then he gives you a spirit of gentleness. And my prayer is that we will know today that a gentle spirit is a godly spirit. A gentle spirit is a godly spirit. And it actually takes more strength to be gentle in a world screaming at you to be anything but. Screaming at you as you scroll, as you watch, as you listen, to be anything but gentle. We will have a gentle spirit. Now, thinking of this definition, I thought of uh, Pastor Robert at our Webster campus. It's Pastor Robert. Shout out to our Webster campus. Uh, love that campus. I got to spend some, a lot of time there last year. Uh, love it. They also have the best donuts. I'm not going to lie to you. They're incredible. They have like this blueberry cake one. Woo! No calories either, of course. Zero cows, always. Um, but you're blessed with an awesome man. Uh, this is his wife, Maya, and his son, Judah. Uh, incredible man. Love this man. Got to do ministry with him for a long, long time. And uh, One of the most genuine men that I know. He's also uh, one of the strongest men that I know, a little bit stronger than I am. Um, why is that funny? I don't understand. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <clears throat> he did like UFC, he did rugby, he did powerlifting. So uh, he's pretty strong. The crazy thing about Robert, he's also one of the most gentle men that I know. How he cares for people, how he loves people, even whether he's pastoring his students at Webster or he's holding my newborn son, the gentleness is evident in him. Okay, so does that make Pastor Robert weak? No, I believe it actually makes him stronger. Why? Because he's submitting his strength to God. He has the choice to do other things. He submits it to the Lord, and then the Lord blesses him with a spirit of gentleness. And the thing about having a spirit of gentleness is not just physical actions, though it, it's shown through physical actions. It starts right here with your spirit. Do I have a spirit from the Lord um, of gentleness? Or are my actions uh, showing the opposite of a gentle spirit? And what's the opposite? Hard, calloused heart or spirit, a hard, callous spirit. And when hardened, right, when, 
We don't have a gentle spirit. It doesn't matter if you're six foot eight or four foot eight, introverted or extroverted, male or female. The fruit and the actions from your life are going to be painful and harsh, and we've all seen it. And I don't want that for you today because I want us to know that a gentle spirit is a godly spirit. Now, as, as we've gone through this series, uh, if you've been with us, we kind of have the word from Galatians, Galatians 5, and then we'll kind of go sit in a scripture that kind of breaks that down more. And so today we're going to be in 1 Peter 3, specifically verses 15 through 17. What I want to do, I'm going to pull up verses 15 through 17. We're not going to read it right away. Give you a little background, then we'll move forward from there. So here's 15 through 17. This is what we're going to cover. If you notice right here at the top in 1 Peter, it says, but in your heart. So it we're kind of like jumping in mid-phrase here, mid-sentence. And so I want to give a little bit of background on 1 Peter. Does anybody know who wrote 1 Peter? Peter! Well done. If the name is in the book title, they usually wrote it. Well done. Uh, and so Peter wrote this. He wrote it to, uh, to the believers in the Roman Empire. Um, and so during this time, uh, there's a lot of persecution in Rome for believers for their faith. And so all before kind of verses one or chapters 1 and 2, the beginning part of 3, it's all about um, kind of the, how to deal with pain, how to deal with persecution, how to deal with people don't agree with you, right, and all that kind of stuff. And then it leads up into verse 15 that we're reading in chapter 3. Now, what I want to do is I want to start right here in this first sentence of verse 15. Let's break that down a little bit. So it says this, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Now, I don't use that word very often in my vocabulary on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I had to kind of study, okay, what does it really mean to revere? Um, I think it's to respect, to have reverence for who somebody is, right? So it's saying, in your hearts, revere who, church? Christ, okay? So I'm revering Christ. And a little side note, the word Christ, it means the word Messiah. That's the Hebrew, the, yeah, the Hebrew word of it. This is Greek for Christ, which means the anointed one. So Revere Christ as who? Lord, which means kingship. Right? So I'm revering Christ not as a, like a good moral person, right? Not as just some guy that gave us some good ideas, some good one-liners, right? It, that he's just a guy that gives some example, but he's not the way. No, he is God. He is the Messiah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Savior. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. No one gets to the Father except through him. That is who we revere. We revere Christ as Lord, as King. And it kind of leads me to my first point. I want to talk to you all today about three ways that we can have a gentle spirit. If you don't have your listening guide, text LG to 642123. You can grab along. Um, Three ways to have a gentle spirit is one, to check your heart. One is to check your heart. Starts right here. Understanding who God is. So my question today to you is, do you revere, do you acknowledge that Jesus is in control? He is in control, and I'm not. Right? He is in control of my life. And maybe today if you're struggling, showing gentleness with your actions, maybe you haven't submitted in your heart that he is the Lord of your life. Um, 
Recently, I've been trying to teach my daughter the word share. She's really good at the word mine. She's really good at that one. I didn't have to teach her how to use the word mine. Everything's hers, according to her. Um, this toy is mine. This book is mine. This pizza is mine. Like, it's all mine, right? <clears throat> and it's funny because Gideon will be playing. He'll be crawling around, and Eliza will have no interest in this toy that's on the ground. But all of a sudden, when Gideon strolls over there and starts playing with it, all of a sudden, she remembered that that toy is hers. It's mine, right? It's hers. And she just wants control, right? That's, that's what she does. And praise the Lord um, for my wife. She's teaching Eliza at a young age that everything that we have is the Lord's. It's not ours. It is the Lord's. But oh, how we want control. How we want control in life. And the thing is, uh, some things don't change with age. This job is mine. This money is mine. This house is mine. This is my life. Don't tell me what to do. Right? We want to control everything. Maybe today you're struggling, giving up something, giving it back to the Lord and saying, I am not in control. I want to tell you today, in love, check your heart. Because everything that you have, everything that I have, it's not ours. It's the Lord's. It's under his control. And honestly, praise God we're not in control. We don't know what's best for our lives. We think we do. We're very confident. We're very confident in our ability to plan our future. But we don't know. How many times you be like, this is the thing. This is what we need. I'm 100% confident. This is exactly where we need to go. Uh, yes, this is where we're going. We go do it. It blows up in your face. Why did I do that? That was a horrible decision. It happens all the time because we don't know. You want a, a really good example? How I know we're not supposed to be in control of our lives, how we really don't know what's best for us, how we really don't know what our future holds. You don't even know where you want to go eat for lunch today. Don't want Chinese? I don't know. Do I want Chinese pizza? We should eat leftovers. Yeah, I don't want to eat leftovers again. Yeah, but we're trying to stay on budget. Ah, yeah, what's one more meal? We don't even know where to eat. So if we can't pick where to eat, how am I supposed to dictate what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life? When in doubt, I always go Chinese. You'll regret it after, but man, in the moment, it feels great. You'll take a really good nap after. But we don't, we're not made to be in control, and that's okay. But I think sometimes we try to uh, reverse it and say this, that the creation is in control of the creator, that the creation is in control of the creator. No. The creator is in control of his creation. God is in control of our lives. And that's okay. Because here's the great thing about our God. He's not some dictator that's just ready to pounce on you and make you struggle and give you pain and suffering and blot you out. No, no, no. That's not who he is. Let me show you who he is. Matthew chapter 11. Side note, if, if you ever want a scripture to memorize that just will bless your soul, I really believe that. For real. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. This scripture has spoken to me many a times over the years. This is Jesus speaking about who he is when he is in control of our life. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I just want to highlight some words. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, for I am what? 
gentle and humble. Now, uh, this word gentle is the same word from Galatians 5. It's the word prates in Greek. So we're going to see that throughout. So gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you give control up to God and we submit it to him, this is what we get. Rest, peace, gentleness, humility. That is what the Lord gives. And uh, if you're feeling the opposite of these words today, maybe you're feeling stressed, the, the pressure of life is just kind of overwhelming right now, check your heart. Have you submitted to the Lord? And then you can receive these truths. He can bless you with a spirit of gentleness when we take our strength and we submit it to God, that he is in control and I'm not. Now, I want to jump back over to 1 Peter. We've got to keep moving. <clears throat> so 1 Peter, we just read the beginning part of 15. Here's the whole part of 15. So, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. So it starts inward, and then it starts working its way out. Okay, so but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And this says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So it starts inward and moves outward. And it says, basically, you need to be able to give a reason for the hope that you have. The reason that you know Jesus. Side note, I want to tell you that if you know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, you can and are called to share the hope of Jesus. Now, in our student ministry, I, uh, we tell our students all the time, like, hey, once you know Jesus, praise the Lord, you know Jesus. Now, what are you going to do with it? Right? Now it's our job to go share the hope of the world, right? the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to salvation. It is now our job to now go share that with people. And what I've noticed when we, when we, we challenge people to go share the gospel, I think we get overwhelmed. Right? Like we gotta, we got to like go into like Genesis and start quoting Scripture throughout the Old Testament. we got to go reference all these different things. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? And if you know the Scripture, praise the Lord, quote it, and go for it. But what I've seen is sometimes that can be a hindrance to not share the gospel because I don't know enough. I don't know enough of the Bible. I don't, I don't know enough of, of Scripture that I can properly. I don't know the answer to every question. I don't know if I can really share the gospel. Let me tell you, you can and are called to share Jesus. And this is how you do it, okay? Today, this is how you share Jesus. This is where I was before I knew Christ. I had that moment where I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and this is where my life is now. And you can have that same hope too. Your story is the gospel. This is where I was at. This is how I was broken and without the Lord, and then I submitted to him. I, I checked my heart, and I, I, I said, you are God, and this is my life since, and, and how I'm not perfect, but man, the Lord has blessed me. And you can have that same hope too. The gospel with your story. Now, I got to keep moving. Okay, let's jump back to scripture. Okay, so this is where it starts inward. And then it says to share the gospel outwardly. But then adds on this little caveat at the very end. It says, but do this with what right here? Gentleness. Again, that's the same word, pates in Greek. With gentleness and respect. 
Why did he have that little caveat at the very end? Right? It sounds like a good thing. Like, hey, just go share the gospel. Well, if we, if we think back to the context of 1 Peter, right? Uh, the Christians are getting marginalized. They're getting attacked for their faith. So there's a lot of temptation when someone attacks you to attack back. Right? Someone's rude to me. I'm going to be rude back and just respond with anger, bitterness, frustration. In other words, the opposite of a gentle spirit. Leads me to the second one I want you to write down today on your listening guide. Three ways we can have a gentle spirit. Second point is to fight the flesh. To fight the flesh. Um, someone ever cut you off in traffic? Maybe on the way here. What's your first response? To say, God bless you, have a great day. <laughs> nope, you're like, well, let me see how close I can get to that bumper of yours, huh? Uh, or you want to zoom around them and cut them back off, right? Uh, I, I don't do that, not because I'm holier than thou, but because my truck is 20 years old and it's slower than molasses. But I think about it all the time. And it's funny, sometimes, you know, I believe the Lord has a sense of humor. Sometimes, you know, there's people's like zooming around you and all of a sudden you get to a red light and you like pull up right next to him. You're like, oh, interesting. Good to see you here. <laughs> but that's why, because our, our instant reaction is not gentleness. It's not. You know what our in instant reaction is? Anger, frustration. Can I tell you this? It takes no skill to get angry. Zero. My 10-month-old can get angry. My 87-year-old, I love her to death, grandmother can get angry. It takes no skill to get angry. What does it take skill? To submit it to the Lord and respond to gentleness. Pastor Colin gave me a great line of this. He says, gentleness is not our default. It does not come naturally. We actively have to fight for gentleness. Our default Anger, frustration, yelling, being hurtful towards other. You were mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. Because that's what you deserve. And if we're going to be a people that live by the Spirit, we have to have a spirit of gentleness. Check our heart and fight the flesh. And If I can just be real for a second. Um, I think sometimes... Christians hide behind a veil of Christianity, just justify rude and hurtful comments and actions to say they're doing the right thing for the Lord, that I'm right and you're wrong. I see it on social media all the time. The hurtful, painful, rude comments that you're dumb for thinking this way. How dare you? I am right. You're wrong tearing others down, I don't believe that's what Christ called us to do. I don't believe that's a gentle spirit. We can respond in truth and grace and love and compassion. Uh, Paul spoke about this in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. You have the right. Can you ride that purple person's bumper and whip back around them and show them, raise your arms up at the light, tell them how frustrated you are? Yes, you can. Should you? 
Can you write back a comment on social media or a text because you want them to know that you're right and they're wrong and you've been thinking about this witty comment all day and you're going to get back at them? Can you? Yeah. Should you? Paul summarizes it in this verse right here, right underneath this one. This is what we just read. No one should seek their what, church? Own good. But the good of who? Imagine if our country lived out this one simple command. Imagine if our church lived out this one command. To not focus on my own good, but of the good of others. In other words, as Jesus says it, to love your neighbor as yourself. How much healthier we would be. Now here's the thing. I can't change how people are going to respond to you. Now probably someone's going to cut you off on the way home. That's probably just what's going to happen now, right? I can't change it. We can't change what people are going to do. But what we can change is our response in that moment. Because we're going to have an option. You're going to have a moment where you want to respond in anger or frustration. And I want you to remember this. This is what, this is what gentleness is. Taking that frustration and anger and submitting it to the Lord so that he can bless you with the spirit of gentleness. I choose to submit it to you, God. I fly, fight the flesh. I, 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 I fight back the urge to match the aggression, even though I could, because I have the right to. And I choose to submit it to you, Lord, and respond in gentleness. Not thinking of my own good, but of the good of others. Last thought, and then we'll move on. Um, we've had enough people yelling at each other why they're right and the opposite view is wrong and vice versa, and we've seen the fruit that comes from that. Let us be a people that fight the flesh and choose gentleness. Amen? Point three. Three ways we can have a gentle spirit. <clears throat> Watch your step. Watch your step. Um, I wish I could tell you that when you choose to show gentleness, you have a gentle spirit about you, you check your heart, you fight the flesh, and people see it, they're like, wow, that is so awesome. I want to do that same thing. Let me let you in on traffic. I'm going to let you in now. That's not the case. It's not always reciprocated. But like we just said, that's okay. doesn't justify my response based on your response. right? I'm going to choose a spirit of gentleness regardless of how you choose to respond to me. However, I believe we can be wise in the areas of our life that are causing stress, anxiety, frustration, etc., and, and putting limits on the times we're around those people or in those kind of situations, right? So if we're going to be people, again, that live by the Spirit, maybe we need to get a little practical here, okay? So if you're watching the news, and every time you watch the news, you just leave, you're stressed, you're worked up, maybe you should stop watching the news, Right? Tim's talked about it all the time. He reads the news and he doesn't watch the news. Why? Because you can still get all the information you need and you take out the emotion and all that stuff. If every time you get on social media and you're doing this and, right, and you just, it, you're just stressed and you leave here and you're just like, man, what's going on with me? Maybe you should take a break from social media. Just delete the app. The world will move on. I'm telling you, I've done that, especially recently with everything going on with the election, and I could just tell the difference in my soul. It was getting me all worked up for things that I have no control over. 
Maybe there's certain friends, coworkers that you are around that every time you're around them, you leave and you just, you don't have the same spirit about you, your wife or your husband saying like, man, you're just a little different. What's going on? Let's be wise and not put ourselves in positions to be around those negativities that's affecting us so that we can have a spirit of gentleness. Now let's head back to 1 Peter. I want to break down one last section here for us. So we read 15 and now 16 and 17. It says this. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Um, I want to show you something from here. Let me change the color. Let me go with the red. Yeah, that'll work. Negative color. Um, keeping a clear conscience, those who speak maliciously about your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better for God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. When you have a spirit of gentleness, this is going to happen. People are going to talk and people are going to slander and be malicious to you. and It's going to happen. I know this because it happened to Jesus and he was perfect. We live in a broken world, right, where people are dealing with pain and, and no matter how hard you try, people are going to lash out. Right? They're going to respond in anger and frustration and all those things. However, what I love about the scripture is that in that pain, Peter gives us a way to deal with it. Okay? And so I want to show you this. I want to, let me change colors here. Let go to, let's go to a happy color. Y'all like blue? Yeah, I like blue too. All right. Keeping a clear conscience. Okay, so what does that mean? This idea that I'm checking my spirit. I'm checking my soul. Am I living a life to the best of my ability to honor the Lord? And, okay, so how do I keep a clear conscience? Like, what's my bar? Where, where am I trying to get to? It says it right here. Your good behavior in Christ. So I can have a clear conscience because of my good behavior in Christ. In other words, every day I wake up, I'm just trying to be more like Jesus. I spend time in his word. I memorize his scripture. And I just want to be more like Jesus. Am I perfect? No. But day in and day out, even when it's hard, even when I really want to respond uh, with my fleshly desires, I'm going to be more like Jesus. Have a spirit of gentleness. I'm going to submit my strength to the God so that he can let me be the man I'm called to be. I just want to be more like him. That's all I want to do. Because ultimately, that's what Jesus did for us. When he died for us on the cross, he allowed us to live by the Spirit. When he chose in his strength to submit himself to death on a cross for us, he could have done anything. Imagine cutting Jesus off in his camel. Fire. You know? He could have done anything. But he chose in his strength, in his holiness, and he is God to submit himself so that we can have life. So that we're not stuck in addictions or in pain, in a calloused, hard spirit. But that because of his grace, we can have a spirit of gentleness. We can take that same urge and submit it to him 
and know and trust that he is faithful to bless us with a spirit of gentleness. Because church, remember, a gentle spirit is a godly spirit. Amen? Will you stand with me, church? If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.